Hi, cryptids. Long time no see. Yeah, it's been about a week since our last podcast dropped, so we're really excited to be embarking on a new one with you. We've got some great content coming up. All of it is a surprise between us. So today, I am lucky to present the folklore and the paranormal, while Casey is presenting the true crime and the creepy nature. Uh, So neither of us know what the other one is prepared to talk about today, but we're both very excited. Hell yeah. I'll give you three hints. It's from Navajo culture. I think I already know what it is. What do you think it is? Is it the skinwalker? Yes! Ah, I love the skinwalker. I love them, and I'm going to talk about some of my favorite stories. Have you ever watched uh, Lost Tapes? No. It was an old uh, series on Animal Planet, and they would sort of, like, bring to life all these cryptids and monsters and all that in sort of, like, a found footage way. And so it looked incredibly staged, but it was so freaking scary. Like, I remember being little and not knowing it was fake. (gasps) And it was, like, oh, my God, the vampire episode, most of all, that scared me. So they have a skinwalker one. I, I truly have no idea how to pronounce the Navajo word for skinwalker. If you're Navajo, please tell us how to say it. Yeah, not that that's your responsibility, but I, just can't figure it out. I can't figure it out online and we're very open to admitting our mistakes. So if anybody is like, you know, that's not right and... We're two white girls. We don't, yeah, we don't really know. Manny's American. <laughs> so the Navajo word for skinwalker is yinaldushii which means by means of it he or she goes on all fours which is very creepy in itself but then you get into the more detailed aspects so there isn't a ton of information about them and i think that's one of the creepiest things navajo people are not super enthusiastic to talk about the skinwalkers just because they're so unsettling and they're such a bad omen they're so powerful you may be familiar with the wendigo and how Mm. you're not supposed to interact with it or um, really talk about it too much the wendigo is very popular and so skinwalkers are kind of like that you're really not supposed to address it because of how terrifying the legend truly is so a skinwalker is a person who can shapeshift into any animal or being and they typically occur as animals from the north american forest so there's a lot of like coyotes and wolves and things like that but they're people and they're like an evil entity but the creepiest thing to me they can uh they can imitate people even people that you know oh that was the scariest yeah that's yeah (laughs) so i could be talking to casey right now and then she could just like lean over and rip my face off what if you're just walking around and you just hear like your mom or someone like off in the distance yeah like have you heard that that short story about oh do you want to tell it was it the bed one i don't know or was it the mom one you go ahead and tell the bed one and i'll tell the mom one so the bed one is where this parent walks into a a room and the kid's just lying on the bed saying yo not yo but (laughs) there's somebody under my bed and then when the parent looks under the bed the kid's there again and he said there's someone on my bed so like who is it Yeah, and then there's another really popular one that Casey just referenced in which a teenager is being called from their room downstairs into the kitchen for dinner by their mother. And as she starts to go down, uh, she hears a voice from her closet 
it's her mom's voice and that version of her mom says don't go down there i heard it too yeah so just like the fact that people can imitate people you trust it's a really powerful and really disturbing legend and its impact can be found everywhere even in little internet creepypastas like that so how how does a skinwalker use its powers what are its powers well thanks for asking (laughs) thanks for asking casey yeah thanks you're you're such a good co-host you know i just imitated her voice maybe i am a skinwalker if you look into their eyes they can absorb themselves into you what and control you so like like a possession it's it's a possession it's a native american wilderness possession so like does the external entity go away like if if the skinwalker is like a wolf at that moment and you look into wolf's eye does the wolf disappear i don't know i kind of imagine that it vaporized but what would be even creepier was if it just left like a lone wolf corpse you know <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this is a fact from thought catalog that i had not previously heard of so that's my source on this and this is a direct quote rare skinwalkers can also have the ability to enchant the powder, the powder. of corpses and use the substance as a poison dust on victims powder like so like ashes maybe i don't know what the navajo do with their with that's a good Deceased question. People. No, the the bodies are typically buried according to lovetoknow.com. So I don't see anything here about cremation. However, that is just the first link that came up when I searched this. And I'm welcome to feedback and more information. Tell us what happens with deceased people yeah. in Navajo society. Uh, but here it just looks like a few different burial customs. Apparently, non-Native Americans have been reporting skinwalkers since the 1960s. However, mm-hmm. the legend extends, you know, way far, back, probably far yeah. prior. Yeah, Native Americans have been here forever, and their customs and cultures have always been here, mm-hmm. and hopefully, always will be. They are Americans. They are the original. So, some other creepy things about skinwalkers: they are incredibly fast. It can go up to two hundred miles an hour in speed, what? and it can dig graves incredibly quickly. What? What? <laughs> I guess he's going to need a lot of graves for, you know, killing people. But these creatures are supposedly just regular human beings with evil gifts. Now, my favorite Skinwalker story ever is this one. It's a dark and stormy night. Yeah. It's late at night and a man who lives on a small farm is just hanging out in his cabin trying to settle in for the evening. But there are some loud animals outside. Not only is it keeping him up, but he's worried about damage to his crops. So he goes outside and he sees these two large dogs fighting. It's not necessarily a threat to his crops, but he doesn't want them there because of the noise. So he yells to spook them off. Um, they're fighting upright with each other. That's even spooky. And they turn to look at him and then they run off on their hind legs like people. Uh, that would... I... <laughs> imagine like a lab just like up on his hind legs. I was thinking like a Weimaraner. Yeah, I could see that too. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of like a skinny, short-haired dog, you know? Yeah. Um, so to summarize, which I like to do because I never have a clear point, so I always have to go back and clarify. There are people who can take the shape and forms of others. Sometimes they can possess other people if looked directly into the eyes. They can walk on hind legs, but usually walk as animals on all fours. They are people, though. They're just evil people. A skinwalker is said to be a witch who has attained the highest level of witchery. Witchcraft. Witch- witchery. <laughs> witchery. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's witchcraft. They can run incredibly fast, up to 200 miles per hour. They can dig graves. They can use the powder of a corpse to poison others. And there have been many sightings, including the one that I just told you. But there are also a lot of videos you can look up online that are very scary. If this was a talk show, I would play them now, but I can't because it's a podcast. If you have any more questions, I will be posting my sources below. Don't fuck with dogs on two legs. (laughs) No, that's creepy. I'm going to take y'all to Medicine Hat, Canada. This is in 2006. Jasmine Richardson. She was 12. I know this name. You know this name? You know? You know this? I I don't know. I just, I know her name. All right. So Jasmine Richardson was convicted of murdering her family. But that's not like the weirdest thing. So Jasmine had this boyfriend, Jeremy Steinka. And this dude claimed to be a 300-year-old werewolf. What? (laughs) And he had like a vial of blood around his neck and all that. Like he tried to sell the part. But guess how old Jasmine's boyfriend, Jeremy, was? 60. 23, but (laughs) she was 12. Ew. Yeah, Yeah. so it's already a fucked up relationship, to be honest with you. Yeah, but then he's also a werewolf. Yeah. It's not the werewolf thing. It's the, it's the yeah, but this pedophilia. is real life. This is a, it's, yeah, this is a real life werewolf. You know? Pedophilia is always far more disturbing than yeah than werewolfism and or so, witchery. So these two met at like a punk, punk rock concert. And then afterwards, they like... What was she doing at a punk rock concert? I don't know why a 12-year-old was at a punk rock concert alone. I'm still alone. not allowed to go out. After the punk rock concert, they continued to chat on a goth-specific website. Wait, when was this again? 2006. So right in the height of emo era. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, the parents noticed this change in like their bright little girl. And so like quickly becoming like an emo slash goth person. That's what happens. You just gotta... Just because of their 23-year-old, 323 or 300-year-old werewolf boyfriend. Eventually, Jeremy talked her into killing her parents for some reason. And also the brother. So when the police got a hold of them, they said a few spooky things. Jasmine, who left a final message on her goth website, she left, welcome to my tragic end. And then Jeremy, when speaking to the cops, said, and I quote, you ever watched the movie Natural Born Killers? I think that's the best love story of all time. What? Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's such a red flag. Besides <laughs> yep. the fact that he's a pedophile. Yep. Yep. So I'm gonna talk about the convictions here, because I'm a criminology major. So that stuff gets me. Basically, in Canada, there's this law that if you are under, I think it was 14, the most they could sentence you to is 10 years. And so, Jasmine Richardson was the first person under 14 to be convicted of multiple homicides in Canada, but she only got 10 years. Why? Because that's all they could give her, legally. Jeremy got three life sentences with chance of parole after 25 years, and an accomplice, Casey Lancaster, who drove them 130 kilometers away from the murder site, got off scot-free. I just googled the story once you were done telling it. The title of this article is Murderous Children, Jasmine Richardson, 12, and her boyfriend murdered her family. It does not include the fact that he was... 23. 23. Yeah, and all my sources are from... Um, I have the original article from theglobeandmail.com and then, you know, Wikipedia. Good old Wikipedia. Oh, gosh. There's a picture of him. He looks like a pedophile. Oh, I forgot to I forgot to tell you guys. So, Jeremy, right before the murders, he proposed to Jasmine. So they were engaged whilst doing this. Oh, what a, what a sweet, like, <laughs> Oh, know. this is a terrible love I think story. we need to take that next step in our relationship. Yeah. Have you considered just getting rid of your family? <laughs> I think we could pull that First off. First you get engaged, then you kill your family, you know? Yeah. 
That's what, that's how Jasmine and Jeremy do it. Don't kill your family, kids. The neighbors never noticed anything wrong with Jasmine. It's just that there was such a quick and sudden change due to Jeremy. And it's like really weird how one person can have an effect on that. This is a story I actually had not heard of until I started looking up famous paranormal cases. So are you ready to hear the black-eyed child of Canuck Chase? Yeah, I haven't heard of this. That's an evil one. Um, <laughs> the black-eyed child of Canuck Chase is said to be a young girl mm-hmm. with black eyes. What? Ooh. What? She has contacts. Now the thing about this is that Canuck Chase is also infamous for aliens. So this is the black-eyed child of Canuck Chase, which I chose because it's a specific sighting of this larger phenomena called black-eyed children. And there's far more resources on that. But first I want to talk about this and then we'll get into the legend as a whole. So this kid, her her deal was that she was a victim of diphtheria. Diphtheria? What's that? D-I-P-H-T-H-E-R-I-A and it is a disease known to make people's eye sockets appear sunken. This is in England, and it is said that she died of diphtheria, which is why her eyes looked so black and she would haunt this area because, you know, she's said to have lived there. The Haunted Finders, which is apparently a paranormal team, they explored Canuck Chase looking for this Mm -hmm. girl, and they released a video that shows her. Um, However, I don't... You Wait, know, before I, she died or after she died? This is after she died. Oh, so she a ghost now. This is an, yeah, this is an okay. old tale. I just think this case in particular is creepy because it's specific to the area. It has a definite cause. It has a creepy outcome because nobody wants to look at a face that doesn't, oh, that's so mean. <laughs> nobody, okay. No um, one wants to look at your ugly face. Yeah, how dare you not have eyes? There's something really unsettling about dark, sunken, or black eyes. Um, demons especially like on a pale person which i i'm kind of assuming she was i don't know why well when you talk about like ghosts you think you know you're saying i'm a ghost maybe because i'm pale i don't know so i'm not capable of tanning i'm not prepared to comment at this time (laughs) that's the black-eyed child of canic chase but then um there's also an urban legend about black-eyed children in general black-eyed children are malevolent paranormal entities uh, Canic Chase, her her eyes, that's not her name, that's the area. Uh, her eyes were dark and sunken because of the disease that she had. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people also speculate that she was just um, a black-eyed child. If you've ever seen The Grudge, I don't know how you haven't. The little boy in The Grudge kind of looks like this. And so the origins are said to be there's this writer named brian bethel who has two encounters which you can't see it but i'm doing little finger bunnies because i don't believe in this but air quotes they're finger bunnies they're cute he wrote a he wrote a few creepy pastas and they've been largely debunked but they're about encountering these dark-eyed children and they they're usually between the ages um according to wikipedia of 6 and 16, they've got pale skin. That's where I got that from. Didn't remember. They've got pale skin and black eyes. Sometimes they're hitchhiking or panhandling. Sometimes you'll find one on your doorstep. And these have been around. They're pretty recent. They've been around since, like, the 90s. And they're largely a creepy pasta. But the Canuck Chase ghost has a little bit more context. So that's just that general legend. And there's actually a horror film about it called Black-Eyed Kids. I've not heard of that. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either until I was looking this up. 
Yeah, I'm excited. Um, it was produced with Kickstarter money, so I don't know. I mean, some of those can be good. Yeah, I know. I, I like really... you see a bunch of those creepy short films out there. Yeah, I'm here for artists um, producing their content in any way that they can, but this isn't going to be like, you know, like a critically acclaimed yeah. horror film that Christopher plays Nolan the... didn't make it with like Hans Zimmer. Yeah, it's not like going to be like a, <laughs> this is a groundbreaking horror film that subverts the genre and plays upon your psyche, but is also culturally relevant. This ain't going to be Get Out. It's, yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. Get Out was so good. Oh, yes. I love it. So those are the Black Eyed Children, specifically the Black Eyed Child of Canic Chase. R- related to the Black Eyed piece. I think instead of playing a <laughs> jazz song at the end of this episode we play fergie we should play fergie singing the national anthem it's perfect this is our little nature segment so i guess this is more of a recent case you know i'm gonna talk about the bloop the bloop the bloop isn't that something you get from having sex without a condom yes it is kids have safe sex this is south carolina you're supposed to tell me there's no such thing as sex <laughs> the bloop is a sound recorded in underwater microphones off the southern coast of south america in the scotia sea and this is by the national oceans you thought way outside the box i'm really this I'm is really impressed <laughs> this is by no noah n-o-a-a I'm going to call him Noah from now on. But these microphones, these were placed 3,000 miles away from each other, and they both captured this one sound. This sound sounded like a sea creature. Mm-hmm. Like, underwater microphones, you'd be like, yeah, they would capture sounds from sea creatures, right? Right. But this sound was louder than the blue whale. The blue whale is the loudest and largest animal on this planet. So it wasn't just a very performative whale? No. That's what one person thought. But Noah triangulated this sound back to the Bransfield Straits, Cape Adair, and the Ross Sea, which are all locations a little bit further off the southern coast of South America. And Noah has no explanation for it. Noah, no explanation. This sound, in order to have been made, and this sound was very typical of any sea creatures. You'll see this pattern in all sea creatures. But the sound had to have come from an animal significantly larger than a blue whale. Just because of how loud it was? Yeah. So you're saying that there might be something out there that's bigger than a blue whale? There might be something in the ocean that's a lot bigger than the blue whale. What if, what if there's not? (laughs) What if it was like a weird frequency or? I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm okay. getting to it. This is <laughs> this is scary nature. So there is there is an explanation. Oh, so oh, I I kind of don't want there to be though. I like. <laughs> I to know. I, I really like that. But this this all occurred in 1997. This is when they got the data. In 2008, nearly a decade later. So for a decade, they had no clue whether there was a large sea creature. One of the experts from NOAA even said, this is in an interview of Christopher Fox, who's a NOAA scientist, by David Wolin for New Scientist. The sound named Bloop is most likely to come from some sort of animal because its signature is a rapid variation in frequency similar to the sounds known to be made by marine animals. There's one crucial difference, however. In 1997, Bloop was detected by sensors up to 4,800 kilometers apart. That means... I'm getting so excited. (laughs) It must be far louder than any whale noise or any other animal noise, for that matter. Is it remotely possible that some creature bigger than any whale is in the ocean depths, or perhaps, more likely, something that is more efficient at making sound. This was a NOAA scientist that was saying this. Watch it be like a little ass crab or something. <laughs> I don't want it to be, but no. He's just got a really loud voice. 
basically all this was speculated up until 2008 that's 11 years later no scientists didn't know what the the year of obama obama saw that's the first thing i think of when i think of 2008 it's literally obama 2008 was a good year and my fourth grade teacher love you miss lewis (laughs) love you miss lewis you want to hear the explanation yes okay so basically it was an ice quake it was literally just ice shifting that was all it was no no none of these nope bioscientists nope none of these scientists figure that out until they took data from like a lot of like other ice quakes that they knew happened and they're like yo this pattern's kind of similar to that mysterious sound we had earlier i was so excited i know i was this is very underwhelming but you know that was hold out for for a a while yeah hold out for our large sea creature though you know keep keep filming underwater things but there's like a lot of other sounds like this if you just want to go and check it out noah has a lot of things on this live science has things on this wikipedia has things on this there's lots of sounds like julia upsweep slow down train and whistle and i've listened to all these they're so chilling they're like you wouldn't expect these sounds to come out of the ocean but they're all caused by ice or volcanoes She made me choose between four songs, and I picked this one, and I'm a music expert. You could have brought trust me, some songs of your own. I don't listen to jazz, though. <laughs> well, you have to start. <laughs> no. Nah. I got a radio show to attend to. I got fans, and they're expecting some, some indie rock, man. Ew. They're expecting. 